this is Glenda Taylor. Welcome to the One and All Wisdom Podcast. Today, I want to speak to you about something that comes straight from my heart. My great aunt used to point out a particular tree we drove past, saying that when she was young she had seen a man hanged there for horse stealing. My mother spoke a few times about how in her youth people were tarred and feathered because they did something socially unacceptable. I, in turn, in my childhood watched in terror as part of the town in which I lived burned and was under martial law for several weeks during what I heard called a race riot. Later, I heard rumors that my mother's cousin, much to my mother's dismay, was a bigwig in the Ku Klux Klan, which I didn't doubt, as he was one of those dangerous, on-edge types and had been cut up in more than one knife fight in some bar or other through the years. Back then, people's attitudes toward law and order was a sometimes uncertain thing, One never knew but what any given person might take things in their own hands one way or another in the name of their own version of justice or in complete disregard of it. On the other hand, my great-uncle was a preacher in a Christian fundamentalist church who eschewed violence of any kind. He went around the countryside leading tent revivals, speaking in tongues of fire, denouncing injustice and ignorance and indignity, and preaching the beauty of God's mercy. His wife, my great aunt, who was intense as he was about doing good, even gave up drinking coffee as a trade-off with someone to get them to stop drinking alcohol. I don't know how long the alcoholic held out, but she never drank coffee again. Such was her resolve to be a good example in her own behaviors, as she encouraged me to do as a child. My stepfather, unlike any of the rest of these flamboyant people, was a gentle soul who walked the deep woods in silence, who never saw any reason even to learn to drive a car, since, as he said, he didn't have a need to go out into all that craziness out there. His version of staying out of trouble was to avoid all conflict, never get in an argument, and if things got testy around the house, to go work alone in the garden where he may have talked to the plants more than to us. My mother was a tender and sensitive woman, stricken by the paralysis of polio at age three, but she courageously walked on crutches in pain mostly, but making a real life for herself and for me, even after my father died when I was an infant. Defenseless as she was in her physical and social position, it's understandable that her tutoring of me would have me not only stay out of trouble, but be invisible, if at all possible, when trouble came, as it certainly would. It always did. I, you might wonder, how did I fit into or come out of that background? 
And where am I today in the craziness that is definitely out there now? Well, I do like to avoid conflict. The slightest bit of tension in a tone of voice sets my entire body into a state of real discomfort, my nerves tingling with unconscious dread about something that might happen. And I am by nature a pacifist because I'm inclined to see things from many angles, making me so excessively open-minded that it's usually impossible to decisively take a stand about anything. Whatever is said, or whatever I happen to feel about something, I can easily see how the opposite is also true. My spirituality, finally by now, is big enough to celebrate and encompass most opposites with a yes-that, not-that, all-of-that approach. But I do try to avoid conflict, and I try even to avoid definitive statements of any kind on principle. When it comes to real absolutism, when it comes to stepping out there and proclaiming something to the world with certainty, I usually get pretty iffy. On the other hand, are words you will hear coming out of my mouth often enough. But there comes a time. The time is now. Things are not right. All dangers aside, right now, one must find one's center of gravity, one's core truth, and take a stand. This is the time. When I was in the hospital this past December for a surgery while under strong medication, I had a dream, vision, about a staff, or was it a spear, made of lightning. Made of lightning. In the dreamscape, I wasn't sure if it was a staff or a spear, but it was very vivid, and it was put in my hand. Later, I thought that it could be either a staff or a spear, depending upon the need, just as the Native American medicine pipe I was given is a peace pipe, but it was blessed by an elder who described himself as a fierce warrior in defense of his people and of the beauty and sanctity of this earth. Lately, the need has been growing and growing in me, the need to hold on to and be energized by, and then firmly to implant that staff made of lightning in the ground beside me, and to call down with my voice the powers that be and witness that there is need here, great need for defense of the people. There is grave need now for us all to demand that the rule of law must not again be a sometime thing, that individuals must not again take it upon themselves to administer justice by hanging or any other means, and that also those legally in positions of power must be reminded, must be required to be servants of the people, not their masters. There is great need for justice to be equitably and constitutionally applied everywhere without delay or equivocation. There is grave need for us all to pay attention to the slick and sly and underhanded and manipulative ways that people and politicians and corporations are behaving.
not in our interest, but in their own, all while we, the rest of us, may be, have been looking the other way, or are uninformed, or are just not paying attention because we do legitimately have so many other things to pay attention to. So things have been happening while we weren't looking, things few of us would agree to if we'd had a choice, things we would know to be shady and unfair and unrighteous. We haven't thought much about it one way or the other, and if we did, we mostly don't think we could make a difference or that things will get better or we think that things will get better on their own. Someone else will handle it. Yes, they will, but not necessarily in ways we will like when we finally wake up and pay attention. But my center of gravity, my core stabilizing awareness, grips me now in this 81st year of my life with certainty that all that is most dear to our civilization, globally and also nationally, is at stake. That the many advances that humankind has made over the years are slipping away. That injustice, intolerance, and the inability of many people to perceive clearly what is happening could destroy us all. I don't need to go into the litany of what is wrong. You know. The climate, the storms, the wildfires, the floods, the economy, with its disparities and inequality, causing the suffering of multitudes in want and hunger and deprivation, while allowing the insidious or flagrant greed of others to continue. The wars, the polarity, the social divisions, the cultural, religious, and racial standoffs, the digital divide that leaves so many in rural areas out of the possibilities others enjoy, the virus and the chaotic response to it by leaders and people alike, all that, and now the post office, for heaven's sake? I do not tell you what to believe or what to do. I do, however, ask you to become alert, to pay full attention, and to care deeply. That, I trust, will lead you to act, to find your own place to stand. You, like me, have a great need, a need for tomorrow to be better than what we see today. I don't like to draw definite lines around things, even in my own little watercolor paintings. So I often, in my podcasts, attempt to give washes of history, of comfort, or reassurance. I'm usually fond of telling the backstory, the background, the context about things. I think that's helpful to broaden our view of any subject, and I have more of those in the making. But right now, it feels impossible for me to proceed with any backstory or to give any solace or comfort or anything else. I can only, only right now say firmly and with certainty, enough already, enough in the name of humanity, in the name of all that is holy, everyone 
all of us, let us wake up. Do not turn aside with exhaustion, with uncertainty or depression. Do not give up or let others be in charge of your morality or our future. No, it's up to you, to me. It's up to us all now, given where we are, to think, to feel, to act on behalf of the good that is always available, but that requires us this time to name it, claim it, and insist upon it. In peace, to be sure, but nonetheless holding a spear made of lightning, holding a righteously indignant stance that says, no, this injustice, this wrong, this lack of respect for law, for civility, for humanity, this will not pass. This may not be justified or whitewashed or swept under the rug for political or any other purpose. I, small as I am, old as I am, I will stand now firmly for the truth I believe in, and I hope, I pray, I encourage every other person who hears my voice, who knows my voice, to find their own center of gravity, their own core principles, and to take a strong and visible and active, though peaceful, stand. Together, let us stand with the earth, with the saints and the angels and the innocent, with the unborn and the yet-to-be-imagined possibilities for good. Let us, us now, protect what is good, change what needs to be changed. Let us make a way. Let us lead the way into a better tomorrow. Do not delay. Find your own way to speak out, to act, to vote when it comes to that. But act now, even before the vote. It is almost too late. As for me, I've needed to say this. I have needed to cry out into the silence of the stars and into the ears of all of you these words. At other times in these podcasts, I will return to backstories and broad washes of history or poetry or other calmer things. But for now, I have spoken what is so strongly in my heart. This is Glenda Taylor. Join me often on the website at oneandallwisdom.com.